Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. It's almost summer, and honestly, is there better summer vibes in classical literature than The Great Gatsby? Maybe it's just a party atmosphere. I really don't know at this point, but it does give me summer vibes. Like, if I had to pick a season for this to be in, I would either say spring or summer, just because, I don't know, I feel like summer is the time that people get together They party, they have fun times, you make vacation plans in the summer. You know, no one really travels much in the winter. Like, I feel like people travel in the fall, but I don't really think anybody really travels in the winter just because it's cold. I don't know. Maybe that's just my experience. Maybe everybody else has different experiences. I guess people that like skiing would probably travel more in the winter. I'm just, I've never been skiing. Seems kind of difficult. And I'm not a big fan of snow. Like, I I grew up with snow, so I'm not the biggest fan of snow anymore. Um, Anyways, that's besides the point. We're talking about The Great Gatsby. Uh, Before we get in the episode, though, just a big shout out to the newest patron, uh, Jelliston. Thank you so much for joining us over on Patreon. I hope you're enjoying all the episodes and catching up on the backlog. I hope I pronounced it right. But I also just want to take a second to say big shout out for everybody that supported the podcast over on Patreon. It really, really means a lot. I appreciate each and every one of you. And if you want to check out and get some exclusive content, please go over to patreon.com slash barelybookish. Um, we have exclusive monthly episodes. They are constantly being updated. They're constantly coming out. It's, they come out on the first Friday of every single month. Um, in the future, I think... The next one's going to be Lost in Austin, possibly, but I'll let you know as we get closer to July what it actually is going to be, but that's what I'm thinking is going to be the next one. That Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. I'll let you know for sure as we get closer, but without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Great Gatsby. I am once again joined by Jessica, and yeah, I think you guys are going to like it. Hello everyone, we are back with another episode on The Great Gatsby, and I am once again joined by Jessica. Hey! I almost said little women. You can tell what my brain's like. <laughs> my brain's just like, we're reading something. Enjoy. <laughs> so we are now on to chapter four. And Nick is now trying to list every single person who ever came to Gatsby's party, and it takes up like three pages. <laughs> And, you know, you get this feeling that he doesn't even know everyone, so probably it could have went on even mm-hmm. further if he was fully with all of his senses while he was looking around. I think he even said, like, Stonewall Jackson was there, <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure, all right, sounds good to me, buddy. It's, yeah, he's, like, basically just trying to say, basically everyone who ever existed was here or could be here, or maybe their their cousin was here. Mm-hmm. He's like name dropping and he's like, oh, also I ran into this guy. Uh, I just so, like how he, he finishes that entire section and just goes, all of these people came to Gatsby's house in the summer, period. Yeah. <laughs> I know he tries to be so matter of fact as if he didn't just meet celebrities. <laughs> so now Nick is going to lunch with Gatsby and Gatsby tells him that his family was wealthy and from 
San Francisco and he was educated at Oxford. And I was like, mm, Nick uh-huh. is a little sus. Uh-huh. It's like immediately Nick is not like pulling any punches with the audience at all. He's like, yeah, I don't think that's true. But anyways, this is what he said. Yeah, it's interesting because when he first talks to Gatsby and Gatsby's like, yeah, I was in the war. I was in this regiment or whatever. He completely, yeah, absolutely. I got that. That makes sense to me. And then in this section, um, he is so suspicious of every single thing that Gatsby is saying. Little Montenegro, you know, just he's just really, he's really calling out every place where Gatsby is maybe untrue. But then suddenly Gatsby pulls out a picture and um a coin and and he's like oh well oh my gosh suddenly that made everything true in my mind um and you kind of don't know if he's being sarcastic or if he really feels like that but it also shows I think the ability that um the ability that sort of just having the markers or the outfit or the materials that surround wealth or power or privilege can influence what people think is the truth about you for sure I also wondered like now that we're talking about it I wonder if it's one of those things where the first time he met Gatsby he wrote about it before he knew the ending of Gatsby because like you kind of get to this part in the book where now that I know the whole thing he starts to make hints and foreshadow and like take details that you seem like wouldn't be important in your life and make sure he writes them down. So it's like, I wonder if that's what was happening is like, he wrote that beginning of meeting Gatsby, like as it was happening. And then he writes the rest of this later reflecting back on his entire time with Gatsby to like tell his story. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like that's a really good point because at some point in the book, he does, seem to have a shift in his understanding. I mean, I think he addresses in the beginning a little bit that he's going to talk about this guy Gatsby and his story, mm-hmm. but he, until about halfway through, and maybe it's just him reflecting on his personal feelings on it, like maybe until mm-hmm. about halfway through knowing him in this story, he didn't think to be suspicious of him, mm-hmm. but now he is. So not only does, not only is it his understanding of what happens in the end, quote unquote, but also his understanding of how he felt in that moment mm-hmm. has started to change. Yeah, true. So I like I like that. I want more research papers on just Nick as a narrator. <laughs> um, like I said, refer to your local librarians and uh, look on JSTOR. You will find many, many on that topic. I know in January before classes start, you're just going to see me like la, 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 deep oh. dive into Nick as a character. <laughs> I look forward to that research consultation. <laughs> Honestly. So then um, apparently Gatsby is having Jordan talk to Nick about something today. And Nick's like, huh. Because this this is a point where Nick's trying to like see that Gatsby's into like some shady dealing. So he's like, maybe like he's going to ask me to do something shady. And then mm-hmm. Nick's like now annoyed with Gatsby. <laughs> Like, and he has every reason to believe that Gatsby's going to ask him to do something shady because they met, they meet this Wolfsheim guy and he's definitely involved in shady stuff. Oh yeah, whatever that means. And so yeah, he has every reason to think what what is coming next here. Mm-hmm. Before they meet him, though, I just wrote a note because they're driving and he's about to get pulled over for some reason, and then he like waves a little piece of paper 
to the cop and they go, oh, sorry, Mr. Gatsby. And turns out he's friends with the commissioner because he did him a favor once. And now he sends him a Christmas card. So I'm like, did you wave the Christmas card or did you wave a driver's license? Because they don't specify. They say like a white paper. And I'm like, do you just keep the Christmas card in like your glove box? And you're like, anytime you're like, I have a Christmas card from the chief of police. You know? Hashtag shady, shady dealings. I know. Um, yeah, like what did the chief of police give him something to wave in a situation like this? I, yeah, is it weird. Like, what is that called? Those um, courtesy cards. Courtesy card. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny. So then they get to lunch and they meet Mister Wolfsheen. Oh, I skipped ahead. I <laughs> it's it was like a not important note, but it was just so bizarre to me that I was like, I have to mention it before we like talk about Mr. Wolfsheim. Yeah. So they used to eat at this restaurant called the Metropole, and then their friend was shot there, and they're like, Yeah, so we can't eat there anymore. And like this was my first hint that I was like, Is Gatsby in the mop? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like I should have picked that up a while ago, but I was like, okay. If he's not formally in the mob, he's definitely mob adjacent. I think yeah. it's it's pretty clear that he, if he's not in the mob, quote unquote, some of his close associates definitely are. Yeah. It's like, wasn't the mob really prevalent in that time in the 20s because of like the prohibition and everything? Yep. Yep. Okay. And bootlegging is what. They, Gatsby's already been accused of that at least once in the book before this. Um, and there's definitely a feeling that they're, um, that's the business that they might be involved, the situation they might be involved in. Something involving illegal goods, illegal alcohol, perhaps gambling, um, just a lot of stuff that, you know, what I, um, a lot of stuff that polite society would probably prefer not to be involved in as their main profession. Um, yeah. Gatsby seems like he, he knows a lot of people who that's what they're employed doing. Yeah. I mean, my f- favorite thing too about the prohibition area era is the fact that like they judged people who sold liquor harshly, but everyone purchased it. Uh-huh. So they're like, it wasn't a crime to purchase it. Because, like, if you purchased it, everyone's like, yeah, okay, I understand. But if you sold it, they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. how dare you? That's definitely what all the novels of that time make you feel like. <laughs> it's also funny, just for context for you, because my listeners know at this point. But um, I didn't get any American history. I took a school that only did uh, European history. Um. So all of my understanding of American history is through, like, books like this and <laughs> Gone with the Wind. And what listeners don't know is that my mouth is literally <laughs> dropped open as she's saying this. <laughs> I just need you to know that for context because there's multiple times in here I didn't know what war they're in, like, in the 20s because I have no idea. Sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're getting this um, this tour de force, if you will, of American uh, and world history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the American Especially. education system is just 
There's no shame, dear listener. If you yourself or someone who feels like you didn't get all those things from high school or whatever, it's never too late. You can learn new things every day and there's no shame in learning them. And don't learn about the Civil War from Gone with the Wind. That's what we learned today, too, as well. Oh, yes, of course. Please. That is the key point. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been very fun to, like, that be most of my understanding is from that book because I had to read it. And then um, try and understand from other points of view. I'm like, okay, this is weird and I'm uncomfortable. I'm really glad that that's not the book you asked me to read with you, Rachel. <laughs> I I did not want to read it. Um, someone told me it was their favorite book, and I didn't know what it was about. So I was like, okay. And I started reading it, and then they ghosted me. Oh. I was like, so I read a thousand and eighteen pages of a book I absolutely hated. I rated it one star. At least you have the benefit now of being able to say I read it, and I never have to read it again. Yeah, I still haven't watched the movie, and I'm never going to. But I actually. I mean, this is, we're completely off the track of this podcast right now, but I feel like the movie is, you know, it's entertaining. It has its, it has its possibly like good, it, it has its parts that are, could be entertaining, but um, I, yeah, I certainly would prefer to take it in on that level if I had to, if I was forced to three hours away different than reading for, you know, 30 hours. So I feel like I have too much trauma related to this book to be able to sit through the movie. I'm like, no, I can't do it to myself. I don't feel like you're going to get anything from the movie that you didn't already get in spades in the in yeah. the book. Yeah. I have Ooh. 50 pages of notes on that too. Ooh. Yeah, no, no. We have some better texts that we can talk about to fill yeah. in that time if you need. <laughs> um Anyways, back to my not understanding of history. Uh, So, oh, wait, this is where I said, okay, so they come back from eating at this. Wait, wait, no, never mind. So they're still at the restaurant. Gatsby gets a phone call while they're at the restaurant. And I was like, he's always answering the phone. And that's the point. I was like, he has to be in the mob. Like there is, he's always on the phone. For sure. He's he's the guy that, um, you know, you could imagine in like the early, like late 90s, early 2000s that has the beeper that just never stops going off. Or like the guy who now literally cannot take his cell phone out of his pocket because he might need it. Or the one that has the earpiece. Remember when those were really popular, having those little phone earpieces? People be like, hold on a second, I got a call. And they like click their ear. That is so Gatsby because he cannot be away from his phone because somebody always needs him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's like also got that like side thing that clips to his belt for like easy access. Oh, yes. He definitely has a belt holder for his cell phone. You are so right. 100%. You remember like the early, ten, 20, uh, the early 2000s is what I meant, but I said 20s, but I meant 2000s, the early 2000s when they were like leather and they like had magnetic folding. Like it took him probably 15 years to ever get rid of that. Oh, no, like the the ones that were like the fast open because of that magnet. Yeah. He might still have a Blackberry. Let's be real. Yes, absolutely. Canon (laughs) confirmed. Like head Canon confirmed. (laughs) So then Wolf Sheem is talking to, um, to Nick, and he's like, yeah, as soon as I found out that Gatsby went to Augsford, 
in England. He's like, that's when I knew he was a good guy. And Nick in that moment's like, hmm, interesting. Because he told Nick he went to Oxford. I Okay, so I feel like that is pro- like a little bit like, I don't want to say like a subtly racist way of Fitzgerald kind of trying to indicate that this guy doesn't like quote speak the way the rest of us do because I feel like he not only I mean yes there's the weird thing of like maybe he doesn't even know what Oxford is Mm -hmm. and that's what he thought Gatsby said but also it's like if he does know and that's how he says it um what is that what is it trying to show us about Wolfsheim that he doesn't know how to say the words the same way that we all understand saying them so I mean, I want to think of it as like a funny thing, like, oh, this guy's too dumb to know what Oxford is. But also, <laughs> you're gonna feel really bad. I thought there were two different schools. I thought Oxford. <laughs> I thought it was a school. Uh, I mean, I was like, thought, he could have thought it was something completely different. Like, he could have been like, oh yeah. I was like, oh, there's two different schools. <laughs> okay so he's lying made up a like i was like oh he says he went to oxford but no he went to this off-brand school called aug (laughs) (laughs) i'm like that's such a weird lie (laughs) like why'd you lie about that I was like, okay, so he didn't get into Oxford, so they just sent him over to Oxford. I thought it was like a state college or something. <laughs> um, again, you know, I, I didn't write the book, not to fit it on that, but I feel like he's trying to say Oxford, but he doesn't know how to say it. Or maybe like, maybe he, you know, okay, so there's a lot of things that people pretend like they know about. And they're like, oh, yeah, I totally know about this thing. And then the entire time they're talking about that thing, they don't actually know how to say it. So they're saying it wrong the entire time. And you're like, if you really knew about that thing, you might know how to say it. Um, You know, dude, like that's what you're thinking as the listener to them talking. And so that could be the situation here is he wants to seem like he knows what he's talking about. Or else it's just or else it's just not that subtle racism on Fitzgerald's point. You, You decide. I'm glad you're here. The listeners didn't have to like tweet into me. No, they're supposed to be at the same school. Because <laughs> I was like, that's so weird. They're so close. But I didn't read it out loud. So I didn't realize that it would be like a mispronunciation. I was just like, that's weird that they got like these really close schools and <laughs> East Egg, West Egg situation. Like yeah. Oxford, Oxford situation. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Which egg is that on? Right. <laughs> That's an extraordinary viewpoint. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm glad you're here to like, make you seem like a smart, intelligent podcast where you don't just read two mispronunciations of a word and think it's two completely different schools. I was like, huh, that's so weird. I also forgot at the time Oxford was in England while I'm reading this. So I'm thinking like he went to Oxford as if he's going to like Yale and like Massachusetts. Oh, Yale's in Connecticut. Connecticut. But yeah, you're thinking, my hole deeper. you're thinking that this is something, you know, 
domestic when you really know this is an, an abroad sort of situation. Yeah. So especially in this time, it, I mean, it's still very much a status symbol, but especially in this time, it was so much more of a status symbol to be able to say like, I went abroad to go to university. It's not, you know, it's not just that you went to university period, which is pretty awesome, or that you went to an Ivy League university, which is super awesome, but you also went to this prestigious, you know, hundreds of year old institution on, on the, you know, on a different, like in a different continent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So to be able to say you were an Oxford man, it's like, wow, you really made it. Yeah. <sighs> I just can't stop thinking about the fact that this entire time I was just thinking that he was lying and he went to some half-rate university called like <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was a caraway guy. <laughs> <laughs> they just introduced uh, this guy named Darcy. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I hope my listeners are like actually enjoying the fact that I'm kind of the fact that, like, I have no spoilers to anything because I've somehow avoid the, avoided them my entire life. So, like, I don't have the sentimental attachment to any novels that I'm reading. So I get confused very easily because I'm just, like, reading it for the first time with absolutely no idea what the ending is. And then I'm like, they're like, you should actually probably care about Darcy. And I'm like, should I? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I probably should. I think it's pretty charming, though, because, you know, you don't have all the answers and probably people listening don't have all the answers either and you're not an expert on any of these books so why should you know all the things about them I think that that makes it more I don't know more personable more enjoyable for probably a casual listener and it makes you feel more I don't like more real (laughs) No, I, mean, I, I probably know too much about this book, to be honest. <laughs> See, at least one of us does. It makes it <laughs> because you get to point out all the things to me that I accidentally like look over, and then you're like, "Hey, no, did you notice that he like may have like had sex?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, rewind." Okay, wait, let's talk about that for a second. Meanwhile, everyone who's listening is like, "Rachel, why did you ask this English professor to join?" <laughs> Listen, it's fun. It, you make it so much more fun because then it's like. We get all these nice, fun topics where we can dive deeper into things, and that's always a lot of fun. So, sure. Okay. Okay, so back to Meyer Wolfsheim. We find out that he's a gambler, and he somehow fixed the World Series in 1995. And my favorite thing about this entire scenario is 1919. 1919. I read it, I have it written down as 1919. (laughs) But I like to imagine that he could affect the future and he did make it happen in 1995. Like there's a way. (laughs) Um, Was there even a World Series? Is there a World Series? (laughs) I don't know anything about sports. Um, I should probably just stop that train of thought as before I get myself in like, like, no, there's a World Series only every four years. You should know that. Um, I think traditionally it is every year. Okay. Anyway, yes. Sorry. Anyways, he stops the World Series. My favorite, or rigs it. My favorite thing is that this is just a complete throwaway. They don't explain anything. They're like, oh yeah, he is the guy that did that. Everyone knows it, but like no one talks about it. And they're like, eh, yeah. Yeah. 
And how do they all know about it? Like, what? I know. I I'm like, this is, you're not a very good gambler, like, if this is a well-known thing. <laughs> I just want to know who he bet with so that, you know, he's not getting, like, shot in the street for um, rigging it. Fair point. He's, I just have a lot of questions. Or did he kill his opponent so that he wouldn't get shot in the street? He seems like the kind of guy that probably a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing something bad happen to. Yeah. So. Literally. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> so they run into Tom, and Tom is all mad that Nick hasn't come over to see Daisy. And as they're talking for a couple minutes, they're like, Tom's like, oh, who are you with? And he's like, I'm with Gatsby. And he turns... To Gatsby and Gatsby's gone. There's a couple of times where they basically describe Gatsby as like a figment of Nick's imagination because he just like disappears in like a cloud of smoke. And it's my favorite thing in the world. He's like the snuffle up, I guess. <laughs> I swear I have this friend and his name is Gatsby. I promise you. Yeah, right, dude. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. And I just, I think it's so funny. Mm. Um, so now we're getting the story from Jordan. Because we're there now. And she's saying how Gatsby used to call on Daisy before she was with Tom. And the night before Daisy married Tom, she was holding a letter and crying and bawling her eyes out. And saying she changed her mind and she's like super drunk. Uh, But the next day, she still married him anyways. Yeah. Bad choices. Yeah, I don't know much. I don't have much more to say about that than just like that was. That was probably a really, really poor decision on her part. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting in that whole section how the things that Jordan's pointing out is like are like how, um, you know, there were there were all these these men who liked her and, you know, she but she never was really that interested in anyone besides like playing around with them, except for when Tom was like, basically Tom basically bought her. He shows up with his, his money and his fancy cars and he has this huge wedding or whatever. And then it like gives her this super expensive necklace, which she doesn't even care about. She's so upset because of this letter, which we're to presume came from Gatsby that she's like throwing it away and you're just like Ooh. she like holds it into the bath it disintegrates in her hands and then they have to like throw it away i'm like okay and she basically like robbed herself of years of happiness because of, of course it. well she robbed herself of years of happiness because money want want yeah this entire story is if like daisy didn't care so much about money mm-hmm. a lot of the story wouldn't exist for sure, because even here it says, you know, when when um, when Jordan's telling what had happened to Daisy in this lead up before the wedding or whatever, and she's saying wild rumors were circulating about her, how her mother had found her packing her bag one winter night to go to New York and say goodbye to a soldier who was going overseas. Like, if she didn't care so much about money, she wouldn't have had to say goodbye to that soldier because it sounds like that soldier 
but for the money would have mm-hmm. loved to be her husband and take care of yeah. her or whatever. But she, this, that isn't her life. That isn't what she wants in her life. That isn't what she sees as the next step for her life or the thing she's mm-hmm. supposed to want in her life. Um, and instead all of this, all of this stuff that Tom, Tom Buchanan of Chicago can provide uh, is, is more essential to her and that's where we get the story (laughs) here we are (laughs) yeah literally so while they're on their honeymoon tom already started cheating on her of course he did with like some i think she was like a maid at the hotel or something that they were staying at and like they get in a car accident and she the maid is in the car with him and i think she breaks her arm and i was like Not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I add that one to the tally of why Tom is reprehensible. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot in this section, like, honestly, there's a lot in this section that you're just like, okay, so there's that. Yeah. There is that. Like, I feel like we've roasted Tom enough, but, like, I can also keep doing it. So, like, I'm walking that fine line of being, like, that's another thing he did to add to the list. Okay, we'll move on now. But, like, just keep that in mind. Keep your mental list going of how terrible Tom is. Keep keep Tom's horribleness before your eyes, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Don't even put it next down. Don't, like, put it down next to you. Just keep holding it, staring at it, and judge it harshly constant vigilance when it comes to tom even if you think for like a second he's not reprehensible i want you to just realize that that second is now past he is back to being reprehensible every time someone says constant vigilance i just imagine it and um moody's voice absolutely that was intended <laughs> okay very good I'm just like, i don't know if you caught my like oh, little sure. laugh constant just- vigilance Oh my goodness. The eye spinning. Yes, the Harry Potter podcast now. Oh God. No, we can't go there. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've already told you my thoughts and feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't. <laughs> if we get into it, like the next hour is just gonna be us d- dunking on JK Rowling. Yeah, we don't have time for that. Our our listeners don't have time for that. They want to hear us talk about uh finish talking about this. Great. Now what? Is, now what does Daisy say? Or what? No. Now what does Jordan say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a dunk on Tom podcast. Anyway, so Jordan says um, that he bought the house right across the uh, right across the bay from Daisy, so that he could just like look at her fondly and feel like close. And Jordan says Gatsby is wondering if he'll invite Daisy over and then invite Gatsby over as well. So she can then come see his house. And like, this was so middle school mm-hmm. where it's like, can you like go ask him if he has a girlfriend and then come back and just say, you're asking for a friend and then come back and let me know if he has a girlfriend. And then I will go talk to him if he doesn't. But like, don't tell him that I'm the one that asked you to ask. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so but daisy can't know that he's gonna be there i know and then he's (laughs) and then he's like make sure that 
she does not bring Tom because we don't want Tom to be there because then he'll know that I like Gatsby. And it's That's exactly, exactly. Uh, it's so oh funny. Gosh. So you're thinking to yourself as you read this, okay, not only is this so middle school, but also we've already described the kind of dude that Tom is. What is going to happen if he finds out that Nick was somehow involved in this process? Mm-hmm. And that leads him to have any kind of unhappiness. Like you're, I mean, as as a Nick fan, you're thinking to yourself, "Oh my God, like is it? This seems a little bit risky for him to have to put himself in this situation, um, not knowing how Tom would react, not knowing how Daisy would react. I mean, all we know is that apparently Gatsby is still obsessed with Daisy. Yeah, we don't know if any of that interest extends the other direction." Mm-hmm. Um, and here's Nick, like, huh? My kind of sort of girlfriend who's kind of sort of best friends with my kind of sort of cousin asked me to do this thing for this guy who lives next door who I actually thought I was friends with. So couldn't he have asked me? But still, this is really weird. And now I know too much. Okay, <laughs> here we are. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there, were, there were notes passed in the hallway. You know, check yes if you like me. <laughs> check. Yeah. check yes if you'll drink tea at my house. Yeah. Without your husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> check here to confirm that your husband will not be attending. As well. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like one of those notes, though, where it's like, um, if no, do eight somersaults in the air while singing Lady Gaga's bad romance. I feel like they kind of, they don't really give a a way for Daisy really to say no because she's, they know that she's so, as long as Nick actually does it, she's mm-hmm. going to say yes because Daisy is so um, concerned with the, having the proper response and doing mm-hmm. the right thing as society expects her to do. So she's obviously going to come, but they have to get Nick to go along with the ruse in order to make it happen. Yeah. My favorite thing is like it we'll get there in a second, but like Daisy's complete lack of suspicion when he's like, Hey, don't invite your husband. <laughs> or else like she doesn't care because maybe she just wants to just spend time with people that aren't her husband, you know? I mean, yeah. She just she might not care at all. Who who knows? Uh but yeah, just really curious. Really curious. And then Jordan also mentions that she wants Daisy to have someone in her life that cares for her. And I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad. And so sad that literally everyone knows that that person is not the person that she's married to. Yeah. Wah, wah. Honestly, I mean, Daisy did this to herself, but she still got the short end of the stick. Yeah, no, it's... eh. This book. I mean, there's. I don't think there's a lot of winners in this book. Really, I don't think there's a single winner in this book. <laughs> like getting to the end of it, I'm like, no one's happy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So now we're on to chapter five, and Nick agrees to inviting inviting Daisy over. And as like Gatsby walks over and's like talking to him, and is kind of like, so like, did Jordan talk to you? And he's like, yeah, Jordan talked to me. I'm gonna invite her over. He's like. Okay. Also, do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, what? And he's like, you know, 
It's like kind of on the low, like it's very confidential. And Nick's like, no, like I know you're friends with the Wolfstein. Wolfenstein? Steam? Wolfshine? Yeah, Wolfshine. I keep misreading the H for T and then I get confused. We'll just call him Wolfie. You're yeah, Wolf- Wolfie. Wolfie the furry. Anyways, um, uh, so. Gatsby's like, it's like totally not that illegal. And Nick's like, no, thank you. I'm okay. It's it's all good. You know, we're we're cool. You don't have to offer me a job. And then Gatsby's like, can I cut your grass? And he's like, yeah, sure. If you really want to, Gatsby, like you can cut my grass. He goes, okay, cool. And then he leaves. And then <laughs> Butler comes over and cuts the grass. In the rain. <laughs> In the rain. And it's like <laughs> muddy. <laughs> So and, casual, so casual. No, Gatsby's doing the most. I think it's hilarious. He's doing the most while doing the least. Because what is that even about? Like, who cares what Nick's grass looks like in the rain? I know. Oh I feel God. like he's, like, looking at the grass. He's like, this is a reflection of me somehow. And then... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Nick invites Daisy over and tells her not to bring Tom. And she's like, all right, sounds good to me. And then the lawn man comes over and Gatsby's just like, as the lawn guy's over, Gatsby's just kind of standing there and like looking at everything and judging it harshly and then like pacing around. And yeah, yeah Gatsby's so nervous. I know. Nick's like, you're fine. Everything's fine. And Gatsby's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, should we offer him like a bag to breathe in? Like, <laughs> For real, he starts giving off this vibe like he's never like talked to a woman one-on-one before or something. And Nick's just, I don't think Nick realizes the depth of the situation until he really sees Gatsby freaking out, waiting for her to show up. Nick's like, all right, this is weird, but okay. So Daisy shows up and she's like, yo, Nick, are you in love with me or something? Or why did I have to come alone? And Nick's just kind of like, Haha. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he like doesn't address it at all. He doesn't go like no or say like he basically immediately changes the subject. And I'm like, all right, Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I think he's just like he kind of knew what he was getting into. And in that moment, he like really re- realizes like he's fully in it with both feet at this point and he can't get out of it. And he's like, great. Anyways, let's go in now. So they go inside and he's like expecting Gatsby to be there, but like hasn't said that Gatsby's there yet. So as they're inside, he's like, oh, that's weird. No one's here. And like, she's kind of like, hmm, what do you mean? And then there's immediately a knock on the door and Gatsby's just standing out there soaking wet. And my favorite thing to think is that he ran around to the outside of the house, like ran through the back door, standing on the outside of the house as he hears like Daisy's talking to him. And it's like, Daisy's like, are you in love with me? And then like Nick's like, and Gatsby's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then he's like, okay. And then he just waits on the side of the house until he hears them walk in and then immediately goes to the front door and knocks like, and it's like holding his fist up for like counting five seconds. And then he knocks. It almost makes you wonder, why didn't he just wait in his house until he saw her pull up and then walk across the lawn? 
Like that would have had that would apparently made too much sense if he did that. As someone with anxiety, and I'm just imagining he's much like myself, where you have to show up to everything about 30 minutes early, and if you're not there 30 minutes early, you're panicking that you're late. And then he got there 30 minutes early, and he's like, "This is weird. This is weird. I gotta go like pretend I'm not here this early." And then so he's specifically one minute late. Oh, for sure. No, I, I for sure can see that um, in the situation. I've definitely been there myself. I can see that in the situation. But it's but just no, so it's weird. weird. Like, he'd rather be like have his white flannel suit be wet <laughs> because he had to walk around the whole house. Like, I don't know. It, it just was really, it's one of those, it's like, oh, Gatsby, only you. I'm thinking, I feel like he intentionally was like, okay, now it's wet. So she thinks I just walked over. You know, that's true. That's true. Like I wasn't waiting here for her. Yeah, I wasn't waiting. See, I'm wet. I just came in. But I also am thinking, like, as he's walking inside, he realizes this is kind of a mistake, and he's oh. like, his shoes are like wash, 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 <laughs> as he's like stepping because he probably like stepped in mud while he was doing this. Like he's thinking, how do I keep this cool? Um, yeah. Even though it's really patently uncool right now <laughs> he takes his shoes off dumps the water outside and he's like all right <laughs> <laughs> so it's super awkward they're trying to like make small talk and gatsby's just like staring into daisy's soul and daisy's just like looking around unsure of what to do because like this was not intended mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they like start hanging out and like actually chilling and then nick's like oh i have to like leave for a second i'll be back don't don't think too hard about it and like as he's going gatsby stops and he's like whoa what are you doing he's like there's a woman in there just go talk to her like you're fine just go (laughs) go in there like it's cool and then i was like oh what's he gonna go do like that's Weird. It's weird. He has to leave. And he goes and sits underneath a tree in the pouring rain for like an hour. I think he just was claiming he had something he had to do. Yeah, he definitely he, was. Yeah. I mean, like what he had to do was not be sitting there watching that awkward exchange, yeah. right? So. But I'm just. I thought like when I was reading, I was like, oh, what's he have to do? And then I realized like as he's sitting underneath this tree, I was like, oh, it was an excuse. That makes <laughs> yes. sense. I'm just yes. Like, I was just like, he could have walked over to Gatsby's house and, like, stood in, like, the front room or something. Like, that house is gigantic. He could have been like, oh, I had to go run over, get something really quick. Like, they're probably not going to see him if he went over there, you know? No, and they probably didn't notice that he left. Yeah. And, like, the only thing... But instead, he goes and stands underneath a tree in the pouring rain and gets absolutely soaked. (sighs) Oh, poor, awkward Nick. Just doing... Doing the awkwardest thing you can possibly do in the situation. Oh, absolutely. Critical thinking is low on many of these characters. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, they lie all the time, but for the fact that they lie all the time, they're terrible liars. And I think that's also my favorite thing. Yes. That's a very astute observation. So, like, after an hour, Nick comes in and Daisy has tears running down her cheeks and Gatsby quote looks like he's glowing yeah like she went she was going through it all emotionally and apparently he's just so happy about that yeah for some reason i was like this isn't a good look buddy but all right i'm glad it's working out in your favor 
So then Gatsby asks Daisy and Tom to come over so he can show them around. And they're all like, okay. And so everyone goes over and Nick is like doing the same thing he did with Tom. And he keeps trying to like ditch them and they like keep like pulling him along. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't want to be their chaperone. He, yeah. he knows that that's the only reason he's there and he doesn't really want to be. But I also feel like he knows that if he for some reason like just did disappear that would that would kind of ruin this sort of delicate balance and illusion that they have going on so he sticks around well plus he's got to stick around so he can tell us what happened rachel yeah that's true (laughs) the fact that he is actually a character in this and not just like the (laughs) phantom ghost that like looks over your shoulder (laughs) he's our friend he has to be there so he can tell us what happened and to um, tell us when something is super weird and be like, why did they do that? Real people don't do that. That's so strange. Yeah, the juicy gossip later. Mm-hmm. So at that, then they like get to this point where I'm like, I think Gatsby and Daisy are flirting, which, they, yeah. And then Gatsby's like being super creepy. He's like, here's every newspaper article that I ever mentioned to you. I cut them out and now I have them like a little collage of you. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm like, ugh. Well, and that's after he took her through the house and showed her, like, literally every item in his home, including took mm-hmm. out all of his shirts from his closet and yeah. threw them the bed. Like, he's just trying to show her this volume of wealth and important cool things that he has acquired, as if he's trying to say, see, I am worthy of you. I have all those things that you said were important, or, you know, I have all those things that make me an acceptable partner for you. And then in addition to that, I have this creepy little trove of things I've been saving about you because not only have I had all these things and I've been amassing all these things, but I'm also obsessed with you. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's like the point he's at. And I'm like, okay. Um, so then it gets to a point where they obviously want to be alone and Nick's like, okay, peace out. Bye. And then he le- finally gets to leave and go home and not be like an accessory to this. Oh, thank goodness. And I was like, I kind of felt bad for Nick because, like, I also would not want to be there, you know? Yeah, he's, like, King Wingman, and I don't think he wants that job or that title at all. Um, Not even a little bit. Oh, definitely not. And everyone, like, keeps making them their wing, him their wingman, and he's like, please don't. And they're like, we're going to do it anyways. And he's like, no, <laughs> please. <laughs> Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Um, Because, again, I just apparently still don't understand how to podcast. Uh, This recording ran a little long, so I had to cut it in half again. Uh, Sorry about that. But because Jessica isn't out here for the outro, um, I know she would recommend checking out your local library. So please do that. They've got some great resources. Um, If you haven't used the Libby app, Yet most libraries have them. Like if you're in the U.S., I don't, I don't really know how libraries work outside of the United States, um, just because that's not something I've had personal experience with. So for any of my international listeners, let me know how your library system works because I'd love to like recommend more resources uh, for people outside of the U.S. who are trying to get access to the libraries. So 
let me know. Maybe we'll have like a Twitter thread going or something. Um, yeah, if you know how that works, just like tweet at me. I'm at barely bookish. Um, yeah. Anyways, as I was saying, Jessica would recommend checking out your local library. Uh, if you really like audiobooks, your Libby app through your local library usually has a decent amount, um, just depending on how your library system works. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, and thank you so much for our patrons for your continued support. If you want to help support this podcast, um, you can check us out over on Patreon. You can get some exclusive episodes that way, um, some more exclusive content, all that fun stuff. Or if you want to just help support us in other ways, like share this with a friend or I don't know. If you want to leave a review, that's really helpful. I don't have any reviews yet. So if you're listening on Apple podcast and you want to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it because it does apparently help us find more people. I'm not really sure how that works, but I would appreciate it if you left a review. It'd be helpful somehow. I don't know. I'm sure it is. I don't know how it works. I don't understand how podcast reviews work. But yeah, if you want to, it'd be helpful and I'd appreciate it. But anyways, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening and hanging out and enjoying this episode and all that fun stuff. Um, but our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And that's all I've got for you guys. So I'll catch you all in the next one. Bye.